0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Reptile Living Room. I'm your host as always, John F. Taylor. And uh, today we are brought to you by Herpeticulture House Easing, the number one digital reptiles magazine around today. Uh, where you will find content, uh, nothing but content except for one singular page in the back that's uh, dedicated to advertisements for our writers. Our new issue is coming out uh, real soon here uh, for the March and then uh, in May we'll have another issue coming out. And it continues to go on and on from there. We would look uh, forward to your support. You can drop by herphousemag.com. Then once again, it's herphousemag.com. We'll put a link in the show notes for you. And uh, look forward to seeing your subscription or buy a single issue. All you know, all the money goes to running the three websites that we have: uh, this one, reptilelivingroom.com, reptileapartment.com, and herphousemag.com, as well as. The uh, Reptile Apartment Canada, which if you sign up for our newsletter on the websites, uh, you would already have known this. And there's also free content in the newsletter, so do make sure to check that out. Uh, it's right there. You can sign up at any of our uh, websites uh, for the free newsletter. We just did an article on how to use Twitter to promote your reptile business properly. So there's a lot of good free content in the newsletter. Uh, all we ask is for an email address. It's, you can completely opt out at any time you want. No harm, no foul. So, without further ado, let's get right to it. Uh, Today we're talking once again about women of herpeticulture and herpetology. In today's interview, we talked to Sarah Vernum, the wandering herpetologist. Uh, She is actually a a live, real herpetologist, Um, does a lot of field work. Um, I think she just got a new job in the southeast somewhere. I can't, if I'm not mistaken. It's on her website, uh, wanderingherpetologist.com. So, once again... Uh, Sarah Burnham, you've heard her on the show before. She's a great, lovely, lovely guest. Really have a lot of laughs with her. And she's going to talk about, you know, being in herpetology and uh, misogynistic activities that she's run into or may not have. So here it is, Sarah Burnham and the Reptile Living. And we're on the phone uh, once again with uh, Sarah Burnham, the wandering herpetologist. And today we're actually going to talk with Sarah about the uh, women of herpetology and herpeticulture and uh, in regards to, you know, her personal experiences. So, <clears throat> Sarah, how's things going for you today? Oh, fine. Good, good. Now, um, for listeners who haven't uh, tuned into the other uh, interview, how did you first discover your interest in reptiles?
1: Um, it just started as uh, a love of nature. My dad would always uh, take us hiking to around natural areas and. And then uh, animals as well. My mom always we always had pets when I was a kid. And so then when I got to be an undergraduate, I you know I wanted to wanted to major in something where I would be able to go outside and you know learn what trees are in the area or what you know, animals are in the area. And so I started uh, the wildlife uh, biology program, and we all everybody you know uh, loved reptiles and amphibians and birds and mammals. Pretty much anything we could chase. Nice. And, yeah, you know, and so if it was a, you know, beautiful, rainy, warm evening, you know, somebody was going to go, let's go road running. (laughs) Yeah, especially in Kentucky, which is just a great place to go road running. Um, And so I just started getting more and more involved with it and just really, really thought uh, reptiles and ethelians were just amazing, fascinating creatures that are, you know, overlooked. Because they're not fuzzy and cute, and, you know, we can't really cuddle with them most of the time, and so. And they're just these really, just really interesting creatures. They have all these, you know, neat adaptations and behaviors and such. So, I started uh, pestering one of the uh, herpetology uh, faculty members, and uh, was you know able to start working in his lab the first semester. He had me preserving snakes. Um, in the lab, and stuff, you know, all the all the grunt work that the uh, master students didn't want to do. Right, right, of course. You know,
0: entering
1: entering data, you know, from files, and, uh, from like uh, notebooks, that, uh, field notebooks you know, that were probably older than I am. So. <laughs> that kind of thing, you
0: know. <laughs> Very cool. So your family and uh, loved ones are pretty supportive of your interest in reptiles and amphibians, then?
1: Oh yeah, they think it's fascinating. because they themselves you know, are not real big on it, um, but they think it's neat that, you know, like they'll occasionally, oh, I, I saw this snake, you know, and it was growing across the lawn and, you know, it was black, and I'm just like, okay, well, it could be a number of things, and I appreciated that you, you're interested enough to, <laughs> you know, to ask me, and you didn't kill it right off.
0: <clears throat> Very true. Now, yeah. um, when you first got into reptiles in the first place. Did you encounter any challenges that you feel were a direct result of your gender
1: at all? No, not really. That's the, the surprising thing is I've not really experienced any gender bias. I think mainly because um, I started in an academic setting okay. where, you know, yeah, there you know, there's a, it's still a male-oriented, uh, you know, kind of driven hmm. uh, field, but there were, there were a lot of girls in the wildlife program. Um, I mean, we had as many girls as we had guys, and so we never, it really wasn't an issue of gender. It was just, you know, your own personal interest. Oh, you like herbs, and let's go out looking for them, and we, I guess because, you know, when, you, when you're in the field. And constantly around these people, you know, we would be just covered in mud, you know, in hip waders, we would stink, we would just be, you know, be camping for days, you know, we're collecting and eating, you know, fish that we're trying, you know, that we're also studying, things like that, you just, you stop seeing people as, you know, being male or female and just, (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much everybody stinks the same after about a week in the field, huh? Exactly. You know,
1: everybody, everybody's, uh, everybody's pretty stinky. So, it, the whole, you know, the yeah, but because of that, you know, most we were kind of considered one of the guys, and so
0: right, right.
1: I actually got the opposite. If um, as a female, you know, being in with the wildlife crew, if uh, if I dressed up like with a skirt or something, uh, we would get razzed. To no end, <laughs> because then we would look like girls, and they would, you know, then then that's when Ew, the you're a, a girl. Wait, wait, you're a girl. What? <laughs> you're just in waiters, and you know, and, and with uh, duckweed up to your nose. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, that's speaking of dressing up and
0: stuff like that, what is your opinion on some of the reptile? "Quote unquote calendars and posters that are out there that uh, have females included, usually in scantily clad or no uh, no clothes yeah. at all."
1: <laughs> yeah, um, you know, personally, um, if it if it drives interest in herps and gets uh, gets the word out and gets people, you know, looking at them and thinking, oh, maybe these aren't so bad and scary. <laughs> yeah i I'm, I'm all for it right. <laughs> i know there was one oh god it was a, it's been a few years ago it's probably been like you know uh, 7 8 years ago there was i can't remember now one of the south american countries and put up a uh, a billboard you know with a supermodel talking about how her man does not need uh, sea turtle eggs because in their culture it's considered, like, you know, a male enhancement kind of thing. And so they were actually using, you know, a beautiful woman to help conserve sea turtles. Wow. And if, if honestly, if it works, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if people can learn and get excited about, you know, saving sea turtles, uh, then I don't I don't really see the any, uh, any problem with that. True, very true, very true.
0: Now, looking forward to the next decades, do you see women becoming more prominent in the fields of herpetology, or
1: probably so? Um, as uh, the younger generation steps up, and you know, most of our parents grew up in the you know, '50s or '40s, '60s era when you know women were still you know not a big you know, numbers in the workplace. They were still more uh, kind of homebodies. And mm-hmm. our generation is coming through, and most of us have gone to college, and most of us are, like, career women. And so, yeah, I think I think as our generation starts getting, you know, in the high senior positions and then the next ones to follow, I think we'll definitely see. I mean, you're seeing it in the academic fields already where you're getting more and more female professors when it used to just be, you know, mainly males. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you've seen more. Like I, I had, you know, when I was an undergrad and, yeah, I, not so much as a graduate student, but when I was an undergraduate, I had, you know, quite a few female teachers. Hmm. Um, the herpetologists were still always male. Every herpetologist teacher I've ever had has been a male. Oh, really? hmm Hmm. Interesting. Now, um.
0: <clears throat> as far as women that wanted to get into herpetology or even herpet culture at all, any recommendations for anybody out there that might be listening to this uh, particular episode that you would uh, what type of advice would you give to females coming into either doing field studies or you know into the academic realms
1: anything in particular that
0: you would yeah the biggest
1: thing is uh, just to uh, you know don't you don't have to follow these, you know, rules. That, well, you're a girl, so you can't you can't go outside and get muddy. Or, you know, you have to be afraid of snakes and spiders because you know, all females are. So, you know, really, just uh, if you really enjoy it, get out there and do it. You know, don't be afraid of it. Um, you're going to get bitten. I mean, that's pretty much guaranteed. Uh You're probably going to get peed on by, like, a turtle or something. So, you know. You just kind of get to you get used to it after a while. Right, right. <laughs> but, and it's just like anybody else. You know, if you're interested in it, then start doing research, you know. Um, find out if any local organizations are doing any sort of field work or need volunteers or anything like that and try to get involved and um, just learn about what's in your area. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, uh, I mean, we've been uh, I've been in some pretty, you know, muddy pro situations that's Kinda, of, just gonna kind of get over it after a while. You uh, learn to stick your hands like in uh, places where you can't see.
0: Yeah, salamander <laughs> doodling.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you hope you uh, come out with a salamander and not an angry crawfish. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> well, very cool. And, uh, sir, just for uh, our listeners that are unfamiliar with the Wandering Herpetologist, um, what is the Wandering Herpetologist all about?
1: Oh, that's the uh, website I run. That's just dedicated a reptiles and amphibians in all uh, fields, you know, in the academic field, you know, what's going on with medical advancements, um, using, you know, uh, skin secretions and such from reptiles and amphibians. And also the uh, captive care. We've got a, one of our uh, authors, Ethan, um, who breeds uh, geckos and such, so he knows a lot about, you know, captive care of uh, some of these reptiles, and what the requirements are, and and I'm more on the other side where I know, you know, what's native and, you know, on the academic side and the science side of it. So it's just pretty much anything and everything about reptiles and amphibians. So you know, we try to cover as big of a general topic as we can so that we can everybody's interest. Awesome. Well, it was great having you
0: on once again. And, uh, of course, uh, <clears throat> we'll have the One Herpetologist website in the show notes. And... Uh, Look forward to talking to you again in the future here.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: thanks. All right, so there you have it. That was uh, Sarah Burnham in the Reptile Living Room talking about what else? Women and her pediculture and her herpetology. And uh, you can see she didn't run into uh, too much uh, misogyny, actually. Uh, she's basically kind of one of the guys, in, you know, so to speak, as it were. Anyway, uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Reptile Living Room. Uh, I'm your host, John F. Taylor. Look forward to seeing your comments in the post. And uh, next week we are going to be talking to Kristen Wiley of Kentucky Reptile Zoo uh, about the same thing, the women of herpeticulture and herpetology. Uh, She has some great insights. I'll say that now. Um, So, yeah, be looking for that show. And uh, be looking for some more shows probably coming out on Wednesdays uh, moving forward as we uh, get some more shows up and going. We're going to be posting a little bit more often, and we're going to try to keep that going. So, once again, thanks for tuning into the Reptile Living Room. Uh, Do post your comments in the show notes, share with your friends. We could really use the support. And uh, stay hungry for the dream, folks. (laughs)